Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Karima Eames, a holistic therapist, author, and passionate seeker of truth. For the past 34 years, I've been working with people on inner transformation. I've taken my learnings and written a new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation. This book is packed with tried and tested tools and stories. And now in this podcast, we'll explore real-life client examples and how they have applied these tools to transform their lives. Come and join me if you would like to learn how to transform your life too. My guest today is Dean, a business owner in his mid-40s from Sydney. We've been working together for several years. Hello, Dean. Thank you for coming on my podcast. I'm looking forward to our conversation and I'm very excited for you to share your insights with our listeners. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm happy to be here and happy to share any insights that I may be able to open up about. Yeah, I think you have a lot to share because you've done a lot of very solid work and my feeling is it will be really valuable for people to hear that. Right. So, ready for the questions? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, why are you interested in doing inner work? Um, it's, it's not really an interest for me. It's more just something that I've felt drawn to my whole life, really. It's just uh, I, I can remember being quite young, uh, like six, seven years old, just thinking I, I've got to do – there's more. I've got to find out. There's more. And I, yeah, I've just – I've got to find out what this more is and I, I need to be open to that. So, um, yeah, as I got older, I've just always kept the door open to like, well, what else is there? What, what can I look behind here? How can I find a little bit more? How can I understand myself a little bit better? I guess that's, that's the way of saying it, just really to understand myself, understand the world and, um, yeah, curiosity. Beautiful. Yeah, I relate to that. I think that's very common in most people who do the work, the search for something more, something different, something that wasn't taught to us and you look for it. And so that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's not like I was searching for, for God, if you want to call it that, or anything like that. It's just, just searching if there's a, a, a better way that I can interact with the world or if there's you know, un- uncovering a skill that I haven't got yet. Yeah. So that's, that's really the search for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is beautiful. there an easier way to do something? Yeah. Yeah. I also know you love solving problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. What are important moments of doing your inner work that are standing out for you? Um, probably the biggest one was just uh, my understanding about honesty, right? So, particularly working with you in some of the sessions that we have, at the start, I didn't say everything that came into my head because I was sort of censoring it or like thinking that's not important or that's too personal to share or like, will I be judged for that? But the more that I just totally went uncensored, the, the, the quicker everything moved and the deeper that I got. So, that was a real turning point, I think, just to go, not to judge my own thoughts, just to go, this is something that I think. And 
doesn't define me, but it's there right now and to speak it out. And then speaking those things out kind of uncovered ways to get into the next part and the next part and the next part. And it ended up in a totally different place. Yeah, yeah I think this is really valid and important because most people will start like that and censor. We learn to censor. And I really watched how you started saying more and more really what's there and that's how it works. That's how transformation unfolds in the easiest way. So that's a really important insight. Yeah, even I, I can remember the way that I kind of speak around my friends and then the way that I spoke around you initially was more formal. But just to really let the guards down, swear if I needed to swear, say, say it in a certain way, if I needed to say it in a certain way, um, yeah, once I could really just speak from the pure, I don't know, the kernel of whatever it was, that really helped. That that really accelerated things because there was less to do then. I didn't have to worry about anything. I could just focus on the on whatever the issue was. So yeah, yeah. that and that was whole, one big one. The whole work is about becoming real. Yeah. And that is a very important part of it, to dare to say what is there. And often when we go in to come up, say the first thing that comes and to learn to trust that. And that is part of the relationship between therapist and client to build a trust because we don't know in the beginning. We expect to be judged. Yeah, it's, it's like we're taught that we're not allowed to have certain thoughts. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean we don't have them. Yeah. And when we have them, if it's like you've got to let them out, it doesn't mean that's defines you for the rest of your life. I'm, yeah. It's just, for me, it's a pathway to the next thing. If I need to say something that sounds really horrible, it, it kind of takes the lid off whatever the next part is. So I think it's so important with someone like any, the exposure, like saying that in front of someone that you trust, knowing that. They're not going to take it on face value. They're actually just going to allow you to go through the process. Mm. That that was another big key. So the honesty is is huge. Mm, and, beautiful. Yeah. What are challenges you have overcome? What do you remember there? What were moments that were hard or where you thought, oh, God, I don't want to do the work? Or Yeah, particularly um, when – you know, you, you, as you call them holes, you know, you fall into a hole and you just you feel like you're stuck. And when when I've been in a, in a hole like that, it's like it, it feels like that's all there is, the stuckness. There's nothing else outside of that. Everything is, is stuck. And the thing that I keep reminding myself is that no matter how awkward or stuck or bad or whatever it is that I feel today, tomorrow it could be completely different and mm. usually is. Yeah, you've and really learned to navigate that. Yeah, it's so easy to get stuck in that mindset, that really small mindset of just what's in front of you and just the problems and the stresses or the frustration that is there. But if I can, to the degree that I can go bigger than that, is to that sort of dictates the speed that I can shift and just come out of that and go, oh, right, actually, and then learn about what 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 caused me to be in that hole yes. and then have a you know, go on the exp exploration. And then hopefully, you know, a lot of times you never have to go back there ever again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you remember things you found on the other side of holes? Because they're usually holes are places of deficiency and usually nobody likes them and we learn to move away from them. For me, it's a little bit like when you're trying to do something, like let's say you're trying to throw a basketball in a hoop and you keep missing. And then you figure out what you need to do to get it in. And it's like, ah, oh, it's in. It's like that discovery. It's like, oh, a new skill. Ah, oh, I'm out. Okay, cool. I've got it. I've figured it out. So I think we see holes as somewhere that's negative and you get stuck in. But I think it's more like I just haven't learnt that skill yet. You know, it's like tying a shoelace. Like mm. it seems hard until you learn how to do it. And then if you kind of figure out what caused you to be in a hole, then you know, the, I guess the moment that you go, oh, and you chain it all together and go, oh, so I do that and then I do this and then this happens and then I'm in the hole. As soon as that's all connected up, it's like, oh, that's kind of like, it's almost like a breakthrough. You just get this big release. You go, ah, yes, okay. There's another tool for my toolbox. That's fantastic. I, I don't have to go there again. Yeah. yeah, and through that, the feeling of the hole or the deficiency or the emptiness, they change and you're in a good space again. Yeah. 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 It, it, and it is amazing how quickly it can change. Yes. It can go from the darkest, most stuck feeling to 30 seconds later being, wow, I feel amazing. I get it. I want to highlight that. That is such an important statement because that's really why I love the work that states of suffering where we don't know how to feel better, where we do get stuck in, actually can change. And the more you understand how it works, the quicker you drop through. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's like the more that I've allowed myself to be there, the quicker I could get out. It's kind of yes. counterintuitive. But there, no, it's, it's like, true. all right, I'm letting go to everything that I knew. I was going to be deep in this pile as I possibly can. And then… yeah something that's going you're like oh and then things start to connect up I'm like oh oh here we go that's better yes yeah yeah beautiful um so we're gonna go a little bit through the different steps that i introduce in the book mm -hmm. and so how would you describe the role of the mind and in inner transformation would you say that your mind has become a friend yes Like for me, I'm very mind dominated. It's like uh, I'll go there first for, for anything, any sort of situation. And for me, I've kind of had to learn, like my mind is amazing and I love it and it's an absolute asset to me. But I've had to learn to let sort of the other parts of me join in because together it's so much better. Mm. Yeah, you know, the mind is very capable by itself, but when you combine it with, for me, it's sort of I get a sense of this sort of heart in the middle and then mm. sort of like my my belly, you know, like my gut and sort of like, I guess, the love in the heart and then the um, capacity to solve and interact in the mind. If it's just the mind, there's so much missing. But if you, if you integrate those three, for me, that's really, that really works. It, it creates this harmony. And even though I'm very much a mind type, it's my gut that actually makes the final decision. Mm. And when the mind tries to go it alone, it's usually the wrong decision. Yeah, that's true. Now, why is connecting with the physical body important? Okay, so 
in the work that we've done, it's been very helpful as a starting point. So as an example, you know, like I might feel some tension in a part of my body or a discomfort or something like that. Not even something you go from the doctor, go to the doctor for, but just something that's just, just not sitting right. And it, it, for me, it's like a good starting point to figure it out. So if I can put my attention on that and, and just as we've done so many times, just start describing it, describing it, looking at it from another angle, from another angle, you know, what, what does it look like? What shape, what color, what texture, all, all of those sort of things. What I found is that it would gradually unfold and then thoughts would just start popping into my mind. And then that sort of goes back to a little bit what I was talking about at the start. Go, I go with those thoughts and start speaking them out and then the whole situation seems to unravel. So I guess the, the physical aspect is the way in. It's yes. not, for me, a, a mental aspect. It's very much go in through the physical because that, yeah, that that's the, that's the doorway in. Exactly. That's, that's what I found. Yeah. yeah. I can true. think about it ad nauseum, but that doesn't actually have the same effect as like physical is real. Like the thinking is just a concept. So, I'd, yeah. yeah. So well put. The yeah, doorway. Exactly. Yeah. We can think about things, learn about things, read about things, and it doesn't create transformation. But the moment you experience it in the body, the change yeah. like you described, you start with some really strange sensation like not feeling well and then you work with it and suddenly you feel really warm or open or well again yeah you know it has happened so it's kind of it's scientific proof that it has changed it's not just a thought oh i feel better now yeah it, it physically feels different like that yeah that sensation is different after spending you know half an hour an hour working on it or, or not even not working on it describing it yeah being yeah. present with it, yeah. And the thing that surprised me a lot is just the, the thoughts that come in after just uh, like periods of your life. These, oh, there's this situation. And then it could be that I just needed to tell someone what I was feeling in that situation and that kind of unlocks things. It's, yeah. it's uncanny how it works, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. How would you describe the importance of the heart for transformation? Could you do this work without learning to open your heart? No. No, it, it's, it's crucial. For me, it's sort of three parts. It's my, my, my mind, my heart, and my gut. And they, you can kind of get by operating on any one of those three, but when you're operating on all of those three, there's just a harmony that, that works mm. and yeah i mean the heart is all about connection and loving yourself and being available to be seen by others you know and and yeah and, you know you you can't go without it it's a good starting point i know when we started working together i think mine was well and truly closed yeah most people's heart is mine was when i started yeah yeah and very much protecting that and suspicious of others and but um, it's funny, like, I've learned that you can, it's safe to keep it wide open. Yes, I've seen you do that. It's not like you're exposed. It's just you opened it for yourself, not for, for others. And, yeah, it, it works. 
Yeah. Might be nice to describe a bit more what you remember, what it's like when your heart is wide open. I've seen you in that many times in different variations of openness. How would you describe that? Well, if I start with closed, like closed would be um, not wanting to communicate or being very short, mind-focused communication, very um, problem-oriented, very yes-no, very logical, um, not wanting to get too close to people, not wanting to have long conversations or wanting to steer it in a very particular direction too, and impatience as well. To um, yeah, just being far more relaxed, uh, open to the direction and interaction will go, um, curious about what's going on with the other person, willing, willing to share a lot more about myself. Like the words are just there and it's like the appropriate things. Like my resources are far more available when my heart's wide open to when it's closed. I think that's the easiest way to sum it up. So true. And yeah. maybe what we could say too, like when the heart is closed, we're more suspicious of others. And when Very, the heart is yeah. open, there's more trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've noticed just the interactions with others when I'm feeling very open, they're different. They're just better. Mm. It, it's not that I could say exactly the same words, but there's just something easier and nicer about the whole interaction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the outstanding qualities of the heart, there are many, is connection. It connects us to ourselves, to others, to the environment, to nature. It's, I sometimes call the heart the master connector. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's definitely the, way to, the place to start. Now, the big territory of emotions, what I call the art of feeling, what would mm -hmm. you like to share about your journey there? I was pretty good at not feeling when we started. <laughs> I think I'd mastered that one. <laughs> Locked it right down. Very suspicious of everyone. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's beautiful to really feel. Like to really, you, know, you can f just feel deeply into the world and to the people around you and it's just a nicer way to live, I think. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember any specific emotion that you struggled with? Because most of us learn to reject lots of emotions. So we categorize their good emotions, bad emotions, and yeah. we don't want to feel the bad ones. What are some of the so-called bad ones that you are not afraid of anymore? Uh, well, I, I would never let, really let myself get angry. Mm-hmm. I would always, it would be, you know, I'd be like intense frustration, but it wouldn't be full on ripping anger. I've just not, not something I've ever really done, but to be in a safe environment where I could actually just scream at the top of my lungs and like embrace full anger. That was, that actually felt incredible. Mm. And it was, it was like, um, you know, shining light on some stale, you know, grey matter and it was just able to dissolve. You know, it was this stagnant, you know. I guess I learned that emotion is not bad. Oh, that is it's so it. big. Just say that again. Yeah, like um, emotion is not bad. Exactly. No matter, like we're taught that being angry is bad. It's like yeah. being angry is not bad. It's very real. It, 
you know, directing it at someone or hurting someone is, I would say, is bad. But just yeah. being angry, I think, is is absolutely welcome. Yeah, there's power in that. Just to allow yourself to be angry, and you don't have to sit in it for for hours and hours and hours or weeks or days. It's just you can feel it. Well, I've I've found I can feel it very intensely for a short period, and that's okay. And then I can move on without it kind of anchoring me to some moment in time. So. Yeah. I've had to learn anger has been a big one. Mm. Learn to feel Let angry and even add a piece yeah. there because for many people they are scared of anger. And I just always make sure to discriminate between healthy and unhealthy release. Like the healthy release of anger is like we do it in sessions where you do not hurt yourself, you do not do not hurt others. And I always jokingly say don't destroy favorite objects. And the unhealthy release is dumping it on others. So we're not talking about when we learn to feel our anger, to dump it and release it destructively. We're doing it in that conscious, creative way where it actually transforms. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're doing it to others, then that brings a whole lot of other. Yeah. Yeah, For me, it's just like letting it be in my body, not blocking it down. Let it come right in. And, you know, the times that we've done it, together in a, in a session, it's, it's been freeing. It's been yeah. nice. And it moves through very quickly. It does. Yeah. And anger is one of those amazing qualities that transforms into strength and incredible aliveness or even joy. Yeah, look, on the other side of it, like every single time was happiness. Every single time. Yeah. I felt lighter. I felt freer. It's just it's just like letting something out that you've repressed or that I that I've repressed over the years. So anger was one, like hatred was another one. Mm. Just to you know let yourself feel that because some things that warrant that, but it doesn't mean yeah, not pointing out. Just like let it be there, let it go all the way through. And as on the other side, every time it's I felt better. Yes, yeah, the art Much of better. inner transformation. Yeah, and and probably the the other big one uh, was terror to really let mm. myself feel terrified. Yeah, that's another big one for most people. Difficult. Yeah. yeah, and that one was like internal shivering, you know, mm. and just really not not trying to push that away. It's almost like this cold feeling creeping up and coming over me, and the shivering, and you know. The point where I was able to just let that go, knowing that I was, I was safe to do so, that moved through really quick too and it felt great afterward. Mm. It actually felt great doing it because I didn't have to stop it. It could just be there and yeah. overcome me and then move right on through and then once again, I feel lighter afterwards. And what you're pointing towards there is the major key when we learn to stop resisting. And yeah. really allow whatever is there and then that... It just is not that same suffering anymore. Yeah. So the way you put it, it's very good. Yeah. Like resistance has probably been a very big thing for me in my life. And to the degree that I stopped resisting was the degree that I in just everything changed and I was able to get closer to everything I wanted to get closer to and just easier it's like it takes so much energy to resist things yeah in many traditions they have this teaching like resistance to what is is the only suffering and it's a 
big one to get, and it's so true. Like I often give that example just for sadness. Most people resist their pain or sadness, and then you suffer and feel soggy or feel depressed or feel low. When you have a good cry, you feel okay afterwards. So resistance to what is is the biggest struggle. Mm. Okay, mm. let's talk a little bit about the inner child. That's maybe for some people an unknown concept. And I just want to explain the inner child is the symbol for younger experiences. Can be many different ages and anything in our history that's incomplete and that we need to work with and heal and integrate is called the inner child. Anything you want to share about that? Yeah. This, it's really, it has been really nice to think about points in my life where I was quite young and something happened that I didn't understand and to actually go back and actually speak to my myself as the inner child and go and explain what happened and explain why it was okay to feel like that. And it, it it kind of it's like going back and just fixing things or correcting mm-hmm. um, misunderstandings. It and is, to kind of yeah. use that concept of you know speaking to a younger version of yourself with all the intelligence and learnings that you have now, and just say, "Hey, it's okay. I'm here with you." It, that just it, there's something about that that really works for me. Beautiful, yeah. And a lot of times, you know as we were talking about before, you, know, you sort of go into a feeling and, and memories come up. It's usually memories of uh, a younger version of me and to be able to bring my current wisdom and wisdom and knowledge back to that, it kind of unravels a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It does. So that that's worked really well for me, that whole concept of the, the inner child and yeah, being the support to myself that wasn't there when I needed it. Yes, that's so yeah. true. And I think if when we start understanding that, that we can heal younger parts and give them what they didn't, we didn't get at that time is incredibly liberating. Mm. Okay. We already talked about deficiency or holes. You mentioned that before. Now I want to talk a bit more about what listening to inner guidance means to you. You started mentioning that when the head, the heart and the being connect, what is that like for you? when you listen to inner guidance? Um, I probably wouldn't describe it as listening listening to inner, inner guidance. Um, for me, it's just about, it's like this gut feeling, I'm going in the right direction. Or so that's the way to go. Or it's a feeling, yeah. yeah. It yeah. very much it comes from more my gut and my heart, my, my torso, but it's like uh this feels right yeah this is this direction feels correct feels like the right way to go i need to go further here and then there's other times like this just feels wrong and when i've gone against that feeling and it comes sometimes it's very subtle but it's just like ah there's something that just feels kind of wrong it's usually confirmed that yeah you didn't need to go that way so it's if I think about um, how I would respond to it or how I would um, try and ask it a question, if you like, it'd just be like a tune into my, my heart, tune into my gut, tune into my mind, and then sort of think about the three of them 
and then put the situation with those. And then it's either going to feel a bit uncomfortable or a bit resistant, or it's just going to feel like it gets bigger and like, yeah, we need to go that way. So that's kind of the way that I use it. Yeah, yeah it's, great. It's, it's It's like an intuitive kind of sense, I guess. Yeah, it's what you're describing is more the feeling sense because yeah. the way we connect to our inner world, some people, they see more, they might get a light or a darkness, others hear, you know, like real messages or yes and no. And then we have the feeling channel. And so what you're describing is the feeling channel. Yeah, I, it's it's for me. It's like I don't know if uh, if you meditate for a little while and get quite clear, and then bring up whatever it is you're trying to get gone, you know, figure out. Then it can be very clear about which way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to talk a little bit about true nature or the state of being whole, because the whole work we do is to connect to true nature and re-experience states of wholeness. How would you describe true nature in your own words or being whole? Well, everything that we've done has not been about putting things in. It's been taking things out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. So true, the great and undoing as it's called yeah, sometimes. It's, it's really, it's the great undoing. It's the great yeah. undoing of knots. And mm. I think... Being whole, uh, it's like being without those knots, I guess. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, yeah it, it's very much just cleaning, cleaning up, cleaning out, undoing, tidying up. It's, it's like reoccupying your sovereign space. Mm, like at well some said. point, you know, like I feel like I – people back out of this space like no i'm coming back in and i'm going to become whole again and get it all get my house back in order <laughs> and move from that point yeah. yeah that's why it's often also called coming home yeah, yeah. definitely relate to true that term. what yeah. you're saying it's not that we are adding this true nature state to us it's already there and we are reclaiming coming home to what is already us mm. yeah that's right yeah now i call the book becoming whole how would you put that in your own words right now what does becoming whole after everything we described mean to you how are um, you more whole i'm more available like I'm, yeah, I'm just more available to the world, to to my people, to to the world. Like I'm removing all these knots, as I've called them, is is allow me to sort of expose the whole of myself to be able to interact and be seen and be present in in the world. So. Mm. It's almost like knocking, you know, parts of a shell off, you know, and then you expose a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then all of a sudden the whole lot's exposed. That's the way I would see it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Now, is there anything else you would like to share? Like 
there are many people who still feel probably scared of doing the work or going in or scared of themselves. Or many people, when they start meditating, they sit there and they feel tormented. And, you know, like one of my teachers said, when we sit in meditation, we just face how much we hate ourselves. Yeah. What would you recommend? Why would you recommend this to others? Uh, for me, it's just something that we're actually born to do. You come into this world and you, you, you get lumped with all these challenges and I've just had this deep need to understand them my whole life. And um, the rewards are amazing. It just, every time you figure something out, um, I get a bit more present, a bit bigger. And, you know, people around me may not see it, but I feel it internally. And I've noticed my journey over the past years, you know, 10, 10 years I've really been going at it. Um, the relationships with my close people have changed a lot. Talk about that a bit and they've, more. And they've, been, they've become a lot closer and I've become a lot more patient and available and they're just better. Um, yeah. People that I, I would have only wanted to spend shorter times with and got a bit frustrated by years ago, it's like now they're some of my best friends and, and some of my, my richest experiences. But I would say it's like persistence is really the key mm. because as soon as you start diving into this, you're going to get exactly that. You're going to, all these things are going to be, going to be thrown up and just persistence stay there. And it comes with thousands and thousands of rewards along the way. So you just got to keep going. I don't <laughs> think it will ever end, but that's a good thing because it gets really fun. <laughs> I agree. I always say, I mean, I've been doing this for four decades now, and I don't think I'll stop exploring till I die. Like, I keep discovering mm. new things, and the journey is ongoing, and we just find out more. And I totally agree. Now, what would be one tool or resource you would like our listeners to take away from today? Just one something that they can maybe apply or focus on or practice in this coming week. Okay. Well, uh, can I have two? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the first one would just be to um, understand where you're like for me, this really works. I know that there's seven chakras if you want to go down all that and there's all these different modalities that describe this. But for me, my mind, my heart, my gut, if you can be aware of where those three are at and sort of see if, when they work together, that's when you'll have the best version of yourself. So monitor those three. I think that's, that's one for you know, you, anyone can do it anytime. Mm. And then the second one, if you – if you find uh, someone, you know, you do a session with someone, like provided that you, you really trust them, honesty, do not censor a thing. Absolutely every word that comes into your head, no matter horrible, how horrible, how nice, how vulgar, how whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Um, that's, that's, you just got to be honest. That will get you through the fastest possible way. Like it'll accelerate things unbelievably. So. 
I would suggest that. But the one caveat is find someone like Karema who really is able to understand what's going on, not someone who's going to take you on your word. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's crucial to find the right therapist, someone that we trust and where it works. That's very important. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. That was beautiful. I really enjoyed what you had to share and I hope that it will help some people who are listening. And yeah. Happy yeah. to help, Karima. I think this <laughs> is yeah, this is great work that you're doing. Thank you for today. Okay. No worries. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Whole podcast. My passion is to make this world a better place. And that starts with each one of us feeling and being well. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Leaving a review also helps others find the podcast. My new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation, is available on Booktopia and Amazon. For more information, check out my website, inneralchemy.com.au or find me on Facebook. Facebook.